Yo. We're the Rascals, and you're listening to the Bad Light Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, welcome to episode nine of the Bad Light Podcast. My guest today is Mark Johnston. Uh, before we get into that conversation, I want to say thanks again for checking out this episode. If this is the first time you're listening to us, we have a backlog of uh, eight and a half great episodes before this one to check out. If you're on Apple, definitely leave us a five-star review on there. Spotify uh, or anywhere else, make sure to tell a friend about uh, the podcast that might enjoy it. Not a whole lot to get into this week. Uh, we're still going by the bi-weekly format here. I think we're going to do that for a while. The only real big news is Bad Light Zine 2 is officially uh, being printed right now. Bad Light 2 and Bad Light 3, uh, both of those zines are both going to be uh, a collection of, of great photographs from 2019. Um, obviously, there's not a whole lot of wrestling going on right now. Uh, there definitely hasn't been the past three or four months. So we figured we would use this opportunity to showcase a lot of really, really great work that was made in 2019. Uh, like I said, I just sent this off to print uh, literally as of recording this yesterday. And I'm really stoked about this collection of photographs. Uh, I think it's going to be a really, really cool collection. Uh, and this one and the next one's going to come out in a couple months uh, are going to really help further kind of what we're doing with the zine and, um, you know, continue showcasing this great community. We have a few new contributors uh, and a lot of just really, really great work. So uh, today's episode with Mark, this was another great conversation. Uh, me and Mark hadn't really talked much before this, just a couple of DMs back and forth on Instagram and stuff like that. Everyone that I know that's worked with him, um, Ruby and Wes and everything like that, have uh, done nothing but uh, a lot of high praise for Mark. So I was really excited to have this conversation. It didn't disappoint. You can see in this conversation his real passion for visual art and uh, learning about all these different kind of facets of that and how he can really keep bettering himself as a visual artist. A lot of interesting information about his history in filmography as well as photography. Uh, he works for promotions like Hood Slam, West Coast Pro Wrestling, and All Pro, uh, all out in like the Bay Area and stuff like that. You can find him on Instagram at MJ underscore cinema. I want to thank the rascals for the intro to this week's episode. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at Zachary underscore Wentz at the Trey McGill and at Desmond Xavier. Big thanks to Dennis for editing this episode. You can find him on Instagram at CILA club, uh, John jr. For the logo and the uh, icon for today's episode. You can find his stuff at outlaw.press on Instagram, the band culture abuse for the song, perfect light that plays before and after every episode. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at culture abuse and me. You can find me online at brainbuster underscore on both uh, Instagram and Twitter. Also brain, busterinc.bigcartel.com to find all of my books and zines and stuff like that and badlightzine.bigcartel.com if you still haven't picked up the first issue of Bad Light Zine or if you're listening to this later and you can check out whatever issues we have out at this time. On to our conversation with Mark. All right, Mark, how's it going, man? Pretty good, yourself? Good, good. Just uh, living the dream, I guess, as it were. Uh, you know, it's nice to finally put a, a, a moving physical face to uh, all the conversations that we've kind of had over Instagram over the past couple of years. You too. It's nice to put a face to the uh, DMs. Yeah, right? Like as photographers, I feel like um, a lot of us don't really post a lot of photos of ourselves very often, uh, which I always find it interesting if somebody recognizes me at a show or something like that. Usually it's the opposite way where uh, I'll be talking to somebody for like five minutes and I'll be like, oh yeah, I shoot photos here or whatever. And they go, oh wait, are you that brain buster guy? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. Uh, but I've had a couple people be like, oh, you're that dude. Right. And I'm just like, how do you have any idea what I look like? I don't post pictures of myself. 
Yeah, I uh, like at Hood Slam, I'm usually the the tall dude in the front blocking everyone's vision if I'm shooting ringside. And so I just, I I thought, frick, I'm going to screw this. I'm going to shoot from the stage. So I would start shooting from the stage and then more people, I didn't realize, but like more people could see me because I'm on the stage and then they see the pictures online. They, they're like, you're that guy that takes those pictures. Right. Cause so they can, they can place where you're at, where your camera position was based off of like the photos. Yeah. And so like the next show, someone will say, Hey, I saw those pictures. Uh, Hood Slam put up. I really like them. You're, you know, you're fantastic. And I really don't know how to, how to like handle uh, compliments. And so I just kind of clam up. I just say, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very bad at taking compliments too. So it'll be like, somebody be like, oh man, yeah, that's like really cool. I really like this. I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, cool. Well, thanks. I, I got to go now because I don't know how to react to this. Um, yeah. cool. We'll get into how awkward we both are in a little bit here. But for uh, anyone unfamiliar with uh, you or your work, uh, kind of tell us about how you got started in either wrestling or photography, which came first. Um, well, where do I start? The chicken um, and the egg conversation. Yeah, right. I, uh, <laughs> like, I was pretty late to the party. Um, I started with video, but to go even further back, I was uh, way into baseball. And okay. so I went, I went to college in Mississippi in the middle of nowhere. And so while I got to play Division One baseball, I felt like my passion was dipping. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was taking up a hobby, which was videography. I found some some cheap camcorder and I started filming everything I was doing. I was like, I kind of like this. It makes me happy for some reason. Don't know why. And so uh, one game I took a line drive to my left, sorry, my left, my, my right kneecap. And so I just decided to retire. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not for me anymore. So <laughs> I finished my major, which was a uh, business administration, came home. The economy sucked, went back to college to get my master's. And then I, in those two years getting my master's, I was like, I like this video stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And so when I came home and when I graduated, I decided I'm going to, I'm going to work in the video world. And so that's what I did. And I got a job uh, shooting the America's cup in San Francisco. And that's when I really got a shotgun blast to the face of what it takes to shoot on a professional gig. And so I didn't, didn't need to go to film school. Uh, I'd learn lighting, audio, frame rates, all that, all that junk. <laughs> right. And so I took that information and started working freelance. And one day I was at a country rock concert and I was bored to tears. Like if you, if you like country, I'm just like <laughs> power to you, but it's just not for me. <laughs> right. And so I heard some some dudes next to me talking about wrestling. And I'm like, I like wrestling. <laughs> and so one of them was a wrestler named Shane Cody, who wrestles at Big Time Wrestling in Newark, California. And he says, you should come to the show. I was like, wait a second, there's wrestling in Newark? And he says, yeah, there's wrestling everywhere. This is like in 2013. Okay. And I had no concept of indie wrestling. And I was just watching Raw, Raw and SmackDown. And so yeah. I went to the I went to this this little show in a bingo hall and I'm like, this is amazing. I really like what I, I'm seeing. And I'm look I'm just I'm watching the show, but I'm also looking around. I was like, 
I don't see anyone filming. And so I went up to the first guy I saw, which was uh, their commentator. This was during intermission. And I said, hi, I know you don't have a, a cameraman. Uh, I'd like to drop my name into the hat in case you guys ever need one. And so I gave him my card. And within two months, I got a phone call from the promoter saying, we need a guy. And so the next show, I was there. Yeah. And I was, I was a one-man crew. <laughs> and... Yeah, that's that's when the the shiz started. All this <laughs> all this stuff. Right, right, right. It's interesting to see kind of like the pathways that people take to get into uh, doing this kind of stuff. You know, you said you were talking about 2013. You definitely were in that sweet spot where, like, like you said, there was nobody at like a lot of these promotions like doing anything. Like they may have had, you know, like when I went uh, first started going to Chicago and stuff like that. Like they had. Uh, a video crew that was just like it was just like the dudes from smart mark so it was uh you know mike robles and uh and uh mainly just him and i think ivan was there for a bit but um like they had just hired the place that put out their dvds or like more realistically the place that put out their dvds or tapes or whatever probably were like oh hey so we're gonna come tape your stuff put it out for you you get x whatever i don't know what any of the backstage dealings with any of that but like as far as like a photographer you know, they had um, this guy, Liam, who was a friend of mine, who he, I mean, he, he became a friend of mine, I should say, but he started shooting because he was just had a front row ticket in his camera and their photographer just didn't show up. So the promoter was just <laughs> like, you like, whoop, like in ringside, he was just like, what? And like, just shot the whole show. And then uh, he just kept coming back. And then, um, you know, I started showing up and, and, you know, something kind of similar. I, I, uh, you know, was able to get ringside or whatever. And then they liked my stuff and it was just like, Oh yeah, you can keep coming back. Um, but it's such a different, uh, process now. It seems like, because there are so many people in every, uh, area that are trying to get into this stuff. And so many just like immensely talented, uh, individuals, whether, whether it be videographers, whether it even be like just people on their phones, making like gifts of the show to like post online as the show's happening or photographers yeah. or, uh, you know, graphic designers, X, Y, and Z. There's, there's a ton of them. Um, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, Ian, um, three count photo, Ian yeah. the other day. And um, we were just talking about, you know, a lot of different shows ha that happened in Chicago and stuff like that. Um, and just how, there's a lot of different people, you know, even when just like the core group of like me, him and, and Basil show up, uh, it's still three people. It's kind of like, you know, we can, we can separate the work and everything like that. But like, if Ian really wants a portrait of somebody, there may not be time for that. If Basil already had to get a promo and I already wanted to take some weird, uh, you know, super moody black and white portrait. So, yeah. um, yeah, but like when in 2013, that wasn't the case. It was just, there was just nobody clamoring for those positions yeah that's when technology was really ramping up as far as dslrs go yeah like the, the 2010 to 2012 time i think that's when the 5d was really becoming popular like i don't know like i, I think around that time uh tape was starting to dwindle away sure and since the technology was so available and affordable to people more people were snatching up those cameras and just snapping away Right, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could, that was, yeah, about the time where you could get a pretty decent DSLR that would do uh, great still images and great video at that point, right? Big time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like, I mean, sh 
they were they were filming movies on the 5D back then, I believe. Which is crazy. Yeah. And then now you see it even even go further with like these like Canon EOS Rs and like the the Sony um, A series and stuff like that, uh, where they can really do um, everything and more than like what somebody that showed up with a handy cam could do before. And you had like all this more control and you could do these much more cinematic things. Like, you know, you spend three, $4,000 on a camera and a gimbal and a lens and you can have like everything you need for still photography and for video at this point. Yeah. I've seen behind the scenes uh, photos from AEW and people are walking around with uh, Sony a cameras on yeah. uh, little gimbals. Yep. yep. It's like, you're literally doing an entire production on one hand. Yeah, so um, I think as far as my experience with AEW, what I've seen uh, the couple times I've been to a couple of their shows, uh, they have – so obviously they have, like, the big TV cameras and stuff for all of the, mm-hmm. the the main, uh, you know, stuff like that. But, like, yeah, like, backstage, like, interviews and stuff like that, yeah, all done with uh, – I believe all done with those Sony A cameras. And then they do – they have this really smart thing that they do where they have uh, a handful of video guys at every show. I know Nathan Mowry is one of them. Um, yeah. Hopefully I said his last name right. Uh, and then they have like a couple of other guys, I believe. But like uh, when I went to a show uh, of theirs in February, Nathan was just walking around the ca- walking around the crowd with uh, his camera on a gimbal, just like taping everything, taping people in the crowd, wide shots of the ring, uh, people backstage, like, you know, like anything within the context of AEW that they could eventually throw together so basically they have people just constantly filming b-roll which is such a smart idea because then you have like all of these different vantage points and all of this different um content that you can oh we can throw this in here with this and we you know we got a video package for this person we can get these crowd reaction shots and like all this kind of stuff so it's it's interesting to see how some of these places are taking uh the advancements in technology and like really playing them up to their advantage yeah, it cuts down. It cuts down your spending on gear, mm-hmm. and and it's like obviously it's less space, right? And you can shoot all freaking day, and you it's like you might not need a shot of the ring ropes or the hooks for whatever reason, but you might, right? For whatever reason, right? And it's just you, there, right? You might you might have uh you know some B roll that like oh this would this would be a cool little three second clip or whatever, and like exactly you have all of this stuff that you can start pulling from, and like the more you have available to you of, you know, well shot, like thought out uh, shots. Like obviously if you just have, you know, a bunch of people roaming around just taping whatever, not paying attention yeah. or whatever, but you put these people that have uh, a good eye for that stuff in these positions and they can really give you a wealth of, um, of content that you can disperse and chop up and use again and flip and, and do a bunch of different stuff with, um, uh, and, and make it last throughout a long period of time. Uh, anyway, we'll get back to, we'll get back to you. Uh, I could gush so, about gear all day. Yeah. Way. Yeah. I'm bad at gear. I'm, this is why I shoot cameras from the eighties because I just like, <laughs> I, I'm bad with computers, bad with gear. Um, you know, if we go any deeper into, to, to Sony mirrorless, I'm going to get real lost. So, uh, okay. So you started off doing videography like 2013 ish, um, this local promotion, Okay, so from going from these uh, these jobs that you were working as far as like a videographer, uh, you made a really good point about uh, you know kind of having an idea of what you're doing and then getting into like this very uh, slick professional environment, getting hired for uh, that that shoot, and and then kind of realizing 
where you had kind of thought it was at and then and then realizing like oh this is these are all the other components that i didn't maybe know about yeah um after my first uh wrestling show that's when i realized i think this is something i love to do but also something i could be good at Mm -hmm. first time i i ever felt that it was my hand is, is trembling just like looking back on that because it was just so perfect it was uh it felt tailored to my heart and it was like putting on a jacket and it fits perfectly. First try. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And so I, re- I look back on something Cody Rhodes said, I took heavy notes from Cody Rhodes. I love that guy. Sure. And one time he said, make a list of your dreams. And so that's what I did. And ever since my first show, my dreams, have changed so many times since I started shooting wrestling events. Like it's, it's gone from point A to B, C, D, E, F, G. And I'm at, I'm at like point M right now. Right. It's kind of crazy how fast, uh, those goals can kind of become very realistic and then kind of shift and stuff like that. I know like, uh, that comedian Ron Funches, he does like dream boards and I think he does a new one every year. And it's like, it may sound kind of silly or whatever, but it's like, you manifest these things, you look at them a lot and like it helps you focus on those. Like it helps you, you know, you may not, like you may have like this, this very out there goal and you're like, okay, well I'm not at, I'm at point A, this thing is at point D, but because I know I want to get to this point, I can kind of look at like, okay, well what's the next step that I can take to kind of get me closer to, to that point D and then it's like, you get to point B and like, okay, that wasn't so bad. And then the point, or then the jump from B to C, you know, it's like, okay, well that wasn't so bad either. And then this like thing that seemed very untangible, like that you couldn't seem like unrealistic for you to achieve becomes like, because you put it into these steps, it becomes very, uh, achievable. Yeah, there comes a time where you you start to ask yourself, where is this going? Is this going anywhere? And so for the longest time, uh, I really was gunning for Lucha Underground. That's where I wanted to be. Like, I think season two, that's what I was like, that's where I want to go. That's my that's my goal. I'm looking at it right now. And so just got tunnel vision, and I started taking these jobs that I thought would lead me to Lucha Underground. And then... I actually interviewed with them. Um, it was a very good interview. And they said, your shit's dope. We want you on board. And then I was like, okay, I've, I've done it. Like, it's, it's off to the races now. Like, yeah. I've achieved, achieved what I set out to do. But then after that, they totally just kind of started dwindling away. And the emails just started to disappear. And I'm like, Oh, it's not, it's not happening. Right. So that's, that was my first time where I thought, okay, I'm starting from scratch again. Yeah. And And it sucks because it's not, it's not a product of something that you did or even like them, like not wanting to use you or whatever. It's just a moving target. It's just a, a a product of circumstance. You know what I mean? Like you, you had that great interview and like the potential to start working there right as things backstage there, you know, obviously started getting a little bit turbulent and then they ended up not doing it anymore. So yeah, it's uh, just the way she goes, way she goes. Right. And it can get really frustrating when those targets kind of keep moving or where like, you think that you have kind of like gotten to the point where you're trying to go and then 
maybe it's not what you thought it was, or maybe you don't, um, aren't able to make it like a consistent thing, or like maybe you didn't make the most out of an opportunity you, you because you were so focused on so, a different part of it or something like that. Um, and that's definitely prevalent in wrestling for sure. Yes. And that's something I tell, like anytime someone uh, approaches me and they say, Hey, I want to get into this. Like how, where do I start? Um, I'll give them some bullet points, but I'll also warn them like, Hey, uh, there's going to be ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to chew you up and spit you out. And you cannot, you cannot take that to heart. Right. This is, this is, this, it can be a very cutthroat business, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, it makes you feel so freaking good. Yeah. You mentioned that like putting on an old jacket kind of thing. Uh, and that definitely resonates with me too. I, I started shooting at a very local promotion and like that was super fun, but it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, their kind of like vibe and aesthetic was maybe not the thing that is super, like they were like a super family friendly, like all local. It was super fun. I enjoyed working there. I'm still friends with a lot of people that, um, that I worked there with, uh, but it wasn't until I got to AAW, um, which was, was pretty briefly after that. It was like six months or something like that. And I think I've told the story on here probably, uh, how many episodes is this? Like eight. So I think I've told it about eight times now, but, uh, when I got to AW and it felt like that it was that bingo hall kind of vibe. It was an Allegiant hall. It felt like the old hardcore shows that I used to go to when I was like 19. And like, it was, that was what we did every, you know, every few days, whenever there was a show at, at uh, the, the venue that we always used to go to in Iowa city. Like that's what it felt like to me. It felt like, Oh, this feels right. It feels um, like this is what I should be doing. Like it, it, exactly what you said. So uh, it's funny that you, that you had that same experience. Uh, okay. So you started shooting this promotion. Are uh, you doing strictly videography at this point, right? I'm focusing primarily on photography right now. No, no. I'm um, saying uh, when you first started shooting for this, for the company in like 2013, were you doing oh, mainly yeah. videography or were you doing photography as well? I was just doing video back then. I was, I was okay. a video guy, just yeah. a video guy. And so as time went on, I was, uh, I went from shooting entire shows and editing the matches to highlight reels. Okay. Just condense, just condensing it, condensing entire shows into two or three minute videos. Right. And so, uh, it wasn't until I, uh, discovered hood slam here in Oakland. Mm -hmm. That's where I found my, my niche. And so, I started producing highlight reels for them and they're like, can you keep coming back? And I was like, yeah. And so time went on and I thought I've done all I can. I feel like in terms of video here. And so I was kind of searching. I was like, what do I want to do? What do I do? And I was seeing all these fantastic photographers produce amazing content. Um, There were, uh, there were two instances I look back on that really made me want to, migrate from video to photos it was i was on facebook and i saw a photograph of thunder rosa by josh garcia who goes by rudo's photo oh yeah oh i know josh yeah yeah he had this photograph of thunder rosa that he uploaded i had to reach out to him and i just had to be like what do you shoot on you know what lens do you use you know blah 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 the the normal uh rookie questions icebreaker questions yeah yeah and so we just 
started trading uh, DMs back and forth. And I was like, I think I'm going to get into photos. And he's like, you should do it. And so it was seeing Josh Garcia's work and also Harry Aaron's work. Absolutely. Um, I believe Harry mentioned that shot of uh, Air Fox leaping off the balcony. Yeah. That's, that's something I have bookmarked in my brain. I was just like, I want to do that. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't want to jump off balconies. I want to shoot <laughs> right. people jumping off balconies. And so I like uh, started talking with uh, Dark Sheik. She runs Hood Slam. And I was like, can I do photos, please? And she says, sure. And so I started researching on how to shoot uh, promo pics. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't even know how to do uh, lights or flashes. Right, right, right. Like, so, uh, yeah, strobes, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I started, you know, looking at the YouTube videos, the Vimeo videos, and I was like, okay, I drew some pictures, and so, just, you know, wrote down some notes for myself, and at my first show, I was like, okay, I can do this. Started with one light, went to two lights, went to three lights, went to four lights, now I'm back down to two lights. Yeah. Yeah, some of you guys really like just piling all those lights in your car and, and lugging them all into the venue, don't you? Oh yeah, you're you're really badass with my four, with your four lights, and then you're like, I don't need four. I think I need two. It's like I need to fit as you know just enough in my backpack. That yeah, works. I remember. I remember the first time I ever like, uh, or when I first started shooting promos for AAW because it was you know I started there in probably 2013, and then it was probably 2015, like that area. I think I only really did uh, in ring, and then maybe like one or two, like I think like when Kevin Steen won their heavyweight championship, I had to like quick snap a foot. That was my first promo I ever did was uh, me coming back after like, this is before I was like ever in the locker room or anything like that. Like just because I, I coming from like knowing a bunch of tattooers and like knowing about like that culture and then like, uh, like hardcore and like music and stuff like that. I kind of like, you kind of get like the, like the respect kind of like, this isn't your, thing ingrained in you of like you know when you go to like a tattoo shop for the first time you don't just like walk in the back and start like slapping hands with everybody or something like that yeah i had the same kind of the same kind of feeling for the locker room like i don't know any of these people i'm not just gonna like hey guys what's going on in the locker room or whatever so like i didn't see anything that was gonna be happening in any of the matches like i was just like yo i got i don't have to pay to get into this show and they're gonna give me money to get gas for here and back so like i'm stoked i'm like just trying to shoot some shows you know uh, I already wanted to come to these shows anyway. I got the best seat in the house. I got photos that I can take away from it, like good stuff. So uh, they had they brought in Kevin Steen, and it was right before he got signed. And so everyone there just kind of thought that he was, you know, it was just going to be he was going to lose the champion, and then we wouldn't see him again. But it was like cool that we got Kevin Steen. Well, there was a uh, a few months in there that he had, uh, so he was able to come back. So they had him surprised with the championship. And I was like on high. I was like, that was the coolest, you know, the coolest thing. What a moment. Like I wasn't expecting it. The crowd went ape shit and uh, it was super cool. And then I get to the back of the promoters like, oh, hey, we need a, a photo of Kevin Steen with the belt. And this is yeah. like, I don't know a ton about, uh, or like I had um, obviously gotten more ingrained with independent wrestling. But like before I got started with AAW, Steen was still like, he was with ROH and I was watching that. And that was the only indie, indie wrestling that I knew. And I was like, that was my guy. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, this is the guy right here. And so to be like, hey, go tap this dude on the shoulder after he just had a 25-minute match and, like, make him stand there for a photo. And all I have is, like, my speed light on the top of my camera. And I'm just like, sure, man, whatever. 
but like I'd worked for the paper and stuff. So I, I knew I could get the photo. I wasn't, I wasn't worried that I didn't know how to operate that. Like I wasn't worried that I wasn't going to be able to make that photo or anything like that, but it was just like the, the, you have yeah, to so approach I, him. right, right, right. So I, I had to like run up these stairs behind him. And if anyone's ever been backstage at Berwyn, it's like, uh, the infamous Berwyn Eagles club, you go back, uh, you go back and there's like a bar right in the back. And then you go up these stairs. That's where the locker room's at. And then there's this, uh, brick wall. It's like a tan brick wall. And I, it, it's been in a bunch of my photos. Uh, a bunch of the photos from the first wrestlers book has it in there because I shot a ton of shows there. Shimmer runs there. But yeah, so I had to like run up these back stairs and be like, uh, uh, ex- uh excuse me, Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Steen. And he was like, yeah, what's up, man? And he was the coolest ever. Uh, so that was my first promo I ever shot. But after that, that was such a long winded story. Um, the area that I had to shoot promos was literally right outside of the locker room. Just like it was a hallway more or less. And so I only was able to set up like one light with a umbrella and yeah. that was it. And it was like teetering over the edge of this thing. And like, yeah, it was sketch for sure. But, uh, you make it work. You know what I mean? Like you, you figure it out and you, you, you do the best you can. And then I see like you and Harry and stuff setting up these like five light setups. And I'm just like, I don't even have room for one. How do you guys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck five lights, dude. Like yeah. I just use, I use two now. Yeah. I use and, one. <laughs> um, seriously. One light is all you need. If yeah. you got one light, that's totally fine. You can make, like, do don't with- ever, don't ever think you need a million lights to light a scene. You just need one at least. I, yeah, for sure. I think, I think people get really caught up in the too many lights thing. You know what I mean? Like, I think you did it right. You had, you had one and then you're like, okay, I'm going to build on here too. And then you're like, okay, I got this. I got, I understand where these two lights are hitting. So uh, I can add a third and kind of see where that layers onto everything. And, and you went up to four and then you're like, okay, I think, think I need to go back to, to, uh, to tour or whatever. But people see like like Speedy's setup or something like that. Who like I mean he's oh. shooting he's shooting for national television. Like he he needs to have a full professional studio setup, right? Yeah. Um. So he's got you know four or five. I think I might have even seen a six light setup that he did or whatever. But he's got all this room. He makes it work. He knows how the lights are supposed to be placed. You can tell by his photos. But I think people that don't maybe necessarily understand lighting are seeing his his work and going like, oh, this is how the pros do it. This is how I got to do it. But what mm-hmm. happens is if you don't know where that one light is, the first light is hitting and you haven't dialed in that to like understand that that is lighting somebody in a flattering way or giving you the kind of light that you want. And then you just throw all these other different light sources at it. Like that seems so confusing to me, like to not layer them. You know what I mean? To just like go all in and just start it at a bunch. Yeah. You see, you see pictures, uh, you, you'll look at Speedy's amazing photos and you think, okay, that's how the top guys do it. And then you get into the, you get, you know, backstage at a show, like I'm doing promos tonight. Yeah. And then they just, you just have a corner. Right. And you're surrounded by uh, children's toys or like <laughs> chairs and tables. And you're like, I have literally half my, my arm span of space and I have five lights. What's going on here? Right. And so how am I going to make you, this work? You yeah. learn you make it work. Right. Right. And that's, um, I think that's like the biggest part about being a photographer is just like making it work, being thrown into situations where like you're, is not really necessarily what you're expecting. Uh, and you have to like flip on a dime to what your, your original plan was and make it work with what the actual situation is. 
Yeah, I think we just came up with a T-shirt. Just M I W, make it work. M I F M I F and W. There you go. There's like, not enough ECW rips. Maybe we can do like a Bullet Club one too. Shit, yeah. Let's get on that. <laughs> NWO um, too, yeah. yeah. Speaking of making it work, uh, I got in touch with this this promoter who's running a show in uh, San Francisco. Uh, West Coast Pro Wrestling. Uh, his name's Scott. I got I got in touch with him and I said do you need a promo guy? And he says, yes, please. And so he's asking me like, Hey, how much, how much space do you need? I'm like, eh, about this much. And he's like, are you sure? Well, yeah. And so he goes, okay, I'll see you there. And so I'm backstage. There's no, there's like no space at all. And I'm thinking, okay, I've, I've had worse. Like I'll make this work. And so I noticed uh, okay, I'm trying to paint a picture here. Yeah. So you've got kitchen, very long and narrow hallway, and at the far end you've got a stairwell down and an elevator. Okay. An elevator shaft, and so it's the the elevator has a big gate that you open and you uh, bring gear up and down it, and so I said, screw this, I'm just going to do promos in the elevator shaft. Right on the on the second floor, and so it's not that far from the entranceway. They just got to make a right turn, and it's right there. And I literally gaffer taped my background paper to the wall, and I had to tell people, "Do not touch that red button. We will all die if you do." And so uh, the wrestlers would come in, and they would they would look at the, uh, you know my backdrop and the lights, but it's in an elevator shaft. They look back at me and I'm like, it's safe. Yeah. I promise. Right. And so, yeah, I've, I've made that elevator shaft my home. It's just like, <laughs> I know, I know the dimensions of that elevator shaft, like a back, the back of my hand. Right. And so I made it work with one piece of backdrop paper and two lights. And so yeah. that's just what I've been sticking with. I was like, it works. So I'm sticking with that. Yeah, if it ain't broke, why fix it, you know? Hell yeah. Uh, okay, so like, do you have a general timeline of when you started uh, shooting photos for, for Hoodslam? That was about 2014, 2015, I'm okay. thinking. Yeah, yeah, I could be. I could be wrong. I am terrible with dates. Oh, it just I seems too. like one long blur. Yeah, for sure. When I think about like, um, I've been going through a bunch of my archives and like, I'll look at a date and I'll be like, was this really this long ago? Or was this really this recently? Like it, none of it ever seems like it was the amount of time that I thought it was. It's, it's amazing how something can seem like yesterday and forever ago at the same time. Yeah. And I feel like with, uh, with wrestling that is like, cause it can, you know, you talked about, um, you were doing video and you kind of felt like you had done everything that you kind of wanted to do. You kind of told the stories that you wanted to, and that's why you kind of, uh, we're like, oh, maybe I'll explore this other kind of visual art form. It can absolutely start to feel like Groundhog's Day. I've mentioned it on this before of, uh, you know, shooting in the same venue over and over again. And if you're shooting yeah. uh, a promotion that has a similar roster every month um, and, you know, obviously people change their looks or, or whatever, but uh, <clears throat> it can really start to feel like Groundhog's Day that you're just kind of rehashing the same thing over and over again, uh, especially if you're doing it a lot. So you you need to kind of like, switch it up and 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 think outside of the box to to even just keep yourself uh more engaged uh, and paying attention to what you're doing creatively yeah 
um, after doing promos for so long, um, I started to kind of feel like I was repeat. It's, it's like repeating yourself in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. As, and I started to think I need to, I need to start producing other types of shots that will catch people's eye because like I can only shoot the same wrestlers so many times before it's, there's like diminishing returns as far as, you know, the coolness factor. Yeah. And so I started to think, okay, why don't I start trying to get the specific shots that I think would look cool? And so at Hood Slam, there's this one particular wrestler named Funny Bone. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you familiar with Funny Bone? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Funny Bone is fantastic. His, his, his gimmick, his look just hooks me like nobody else. And so he does a, uh, a double foot stomp from the top rope, like a coup de gras. Mm-hmm. And so I just had this idea of him doing the foot stomp but I wanted to get a shot of the audience below him, almost like he's doing the stomp into the audience. And so it took a long time, but I got the shot I wanted of him. I was standing in the crowd with my 24 to 70 millimeter lens and uh, just waited, just waited his, the entire match for him to do that one move. And yeah. I was in the right spot. And as soon as he did it, and as soon as he... As soon as he started to do it, I just like, blah, 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 just rapid fire. <laughs> right, right. And so that's like one shot that I'll hold dear to my heart. In fact, I, uh, I had somebody get a painting of that. Hold on one second. Got it right here. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, who painted that? The artist's name goes by Bloodhunter on Instagram. Hmm, okay. And her, her name is Darius chant Sopong. okay um yeah. I, and so, i'm familiar but uh, she does great work yeah we talked about how um there's a lot of like different super talented photographers that are all doing like their own like unique thing uh that applies to a lot of other visual arts in wrestling as well like uh the design and like um uh, painters and, 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 uh, illustrators and all that kind of stuff. There's so much, there's an abundance of just like very cool, unique, um, work coming out of like the wrestling space. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's so much fun being surrounded by all these creative people, you know, in the same field, like whether it be photography, videography, painting, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it, it, how do I how do I put this? Uh, being next to those photographers, it like fills you with their power in a way. Like if I'm shooting ringside alongside uh, Katie Gray's at All mm-hmm. Pro Wrestling, or if Mikey Nolan comes to a, a West Coast Pro Wrestling show, that it's it's so much fun feeding off of their power because they fill you with their energy. Um, the first time I was at Defy. In 2018, mm-hmm. um, I finally got to meet West Smith, and so when when I met him, I was holding in so much like happiness. He's like he's next to me, like a little ping pong ball, like oh my god, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, oh my god. And so after meeting, uh, like experiencing him in person, I felt empowered because his his energy is infectious. 
Yeah. And so after, after meeting him, I had to tell him, I was just like, dude, you're the best. He is too. Like he's so extremely talented and like so diverse with the work that he's able to make and so creative with how he like thinks of it. And like, there's so much stuff that he does that is like involves so much extra like creative planning and like thought processes and stuff like that of just like creating something out of nothing. Like whether it be like the sets or just the concepts for his shoots and stuff like that in wrestling too, but like out of wrestling as well. Um, and there's just like people like that. I, I just can't visualize stuff like that. Like, like these whole concepts and stuff like that. He like he's doing. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just like, um, and his, his passion for photography and, and just creating in general is absolutely uh, infectious. And like when he tells you, cause I'm sure he's told you that you you've been like a big inspiration to him and stuff like that. And like helped him do certain things. And uh, having somebody that's that driven be like, Oh, you inspired me is like, well, I really need to, to pick up the sticks now and like really like deliver. Uh, yeah. It's it, West West told me that. And it really caught me off guard because I'm not used to hearing that because I just feel like another guy. I'm just a dude yeah. with a camera. and I, I barely know what I'm doing out there. And so when someone tells you, you know, you inspire me. Like I, I, I uh, was actually on the verge of tears when he, t- when he told me that because I was kind of on my way out. I was about to head home. And so I was just like, I'm driving home and I'm just like, I, like I started crying. I'm just like, why am I crying right now? I'm like, why do I shit? I'm getting misty right now. Just talking about it. Um, because I felt like that's a fucking amazing photographer that just told me that I inspire him. Why? Like, I'm just a guy trying to find his place in this crazy world. And so after that day, I was just like, I got to do right. And you know, keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And, it, you know, and it, like, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing good. Yeah. And it makes you want to like, um, it makes like, you know, that kind of stuff like where you were talking about, you messaged Josh and we're like, Hey, can you like, uh, what did you do for this? And Josh was like, Oh yeah, man. And like, you guys had a, a conversation and we're helping each other out and stuff like that. Like that's yeah. kind of like this whole community. And like, um, yeah, with like, with like that, that whole situation with West, like we're all like trying to figure this thing out. Right. Like, any it's funny because I, I just uh had a conversation with Ryan Loco and I don't know if this is gonna come out before or after or, or what the what my release schedule is going to be or whatever. But it's funny that a lot of these a lot of these uh these photographers in our scene um all are just like that are putting out this incredible work are all just like I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I like I have and, and that's obviously not a complete truth. Like, obviously we have put a lot of time into our craft and we, we, this is something that we, we, we give a shit about as far as uh, photography or videography or whatever visual art that we're working on or whatever. It's something that we, we are, um, that we hold like really dear to us, right? Like, it's not like something that we just like don't really care about and like show up with a camera because like, you know, you talked about like, Oh, I need to learn lighting. So you're just digesting all these videos to try and get as good as you can at it. Um, but I think it's, it's funny. A lot of, a lot of these like really talented creatives are all just like, Oh man, my stuff sucks. Like Ryan Loco is, is, uh, incredible, like insane talented. Like his work is awesome. And he's just like, I have literally no idea what I'm doing. Every photo I take that comes out of my camera, I absolutely hate. And you're just like, how, like, I don't, um, but I think it's just, we're all so self-critical of, of our own work, which is 
good to an extent. You know what I mean? Like if you're not critical of your own work, especially in like this day and age, there's not a whole lot of people that are, you either get like a troll that's just like talking shit or, or hmm. somebody that's only going to tell you how, how much they like your stuff. And like, obviously I, you know, you, you never don't love to hear how much somebody loves your stuff, but um, I think there is kind of um, a void of, of honest critique and I don't know how that gets solved or whatever, but I think, and not just in wrestling photography, just in, in photography and honestly kind of like art in general. Um, but so you kind of have to be your own worst critic uh, to make sure that you keep uh, going forward because if you kind of just like buy into like, well, this photo got 80 likes on Instagram. So like, it's the shit, I'm the shit. I don't need to keep doing anything. I'm just going to keep plugging away at this exact same thing that I keep doing because it's what's working. Um, you're not going to grow at all, you know? Um, but so sometimes it's nice to have those people like West where you really, really uh, admire what they're doing and, and, and uh, love their work, say something like that to you. And it really like kind of hits home and it makes you kind of see above yourself for a minute of that like oh i like i don't know what i'm doing hopefully this shot turned out hopefully i got a couple good photos tonight like you know i'm in in the pack but not you know anywhere above it or whatever and then to have somebody that you that you admire tell you that you're uh inspiring to them i feel like can be really fueling and kind of help you feel like you're on the right path yeah the day i feel like i know everything or i don't need to learn something new i feel like that's the day i'm done yeah and I hope like that day's never going to come. I hope no, because you're never going to know everything. It's, it would be like, that would just be, you have a mindset of, I don't want to learn anymore. And if you don't want to learn anymore, yeah. then what's the point of keep doing it? You know? Yeah. It's like, if someone wants to give me advice for whatever reason, if I want to deflect that and not take it, I'm done. Yeah. Like, then, then I'm in it for the wrong reasons. It depends want, on the I want to hear every story. shred of criticism, <laughs> good and bad. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't disagree with that, but also you kind of have to consider the source with some of those things. You know what I mean? Both, sure. good, yeah. both good and bad though. You know what I mean? If, if somebody, yeah. and, and this isn't meant to uh, put anybody down or anything, but like if somebody that has no idea what they're looking at in a photograph tells you they really love your work, like that's great that it impacted them, but that doesn't like, that doesn't necessarily tell me that I'm on the right path because like I can see that same person. They're more, more likely saying that they like the person in the photo than anything that I had to do with anything. And that's fine. Like there's, I'm not saying that there's anything um, inherently wrong with that. That's just like a lot of people, or I shouldn't say a lot. Most people have not spent the majority of their adult life studying photographs. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. you wouldn't have that, that, um, uh, knowledge of like oh well this thing that i did was really or like really difficult to pull off because i had to do x y and z and it, and it all came together just right uh kind of like that funny bone photo that you were talking about where you're like okay well i need to figure out the right crowd positioning for this and i need to be at the right moment and i need to like time all of this stuff and then there's also a little bit of luck that gets sprinkled in there as well mm -hmm. uh maybe with your case it was um you know just resilience and, and keep trying it if, if it kept not lining up the way you want it to because you could have exactly the right position all lined up and everything like that. And then that's the match where he goes up for that stomp and gets cut off and doesn't even do yeah. it and gets, and gets rolled up or something, you know? <laughs> oh, that would break my heart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, that, that would have been your answer to uh, the, one of the questions at the end of what photo haunts you. Uh, you know, oh, all, oh no, all no, no, no. Up There's and, another one. 
there's another one. I'll sh- I'll show it to you. We'll 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 get there. Um, but yeah, I actually, uh, me and Wes just recently did a, a not to make this the everybody loves Wes show, but me and uh, Wes just did like a print trade, and like in it, he just sent it's just like a little scrap of paper, and it just said thank you for being a constant inspiration, and it's like I'm gonna save that forever, like that to 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 have a peer tell you that their work that your work affects them in a way that makes them continue to grow as an artist is like a next level compliment. You know what I mean? Yeah. It gets you deep. It does. It does. Um, well, I think, I think we could probably launch into these, uh, these questions here. And if we, if we, um, you know, need to kind of touch back, we definitely can. But, uh, I had somebody tell me I, I had a, they had a good name for the, because I keep calling it rapid fire and it takes like 20 minutes and I just keep explaining that they're not actually rapid fire. They had a cool okay. name. I forgot it already, but uh, maybe I'll remember it for a future episode. Uh, okay, so uh, photo of yours that stands out to you that you've made. And it could be that funny bone one or maybe something different. Um, it was, it's definitely the funny bone one. But also, uh, I got a shot of Pentagon with a, Sam, with a katana sword um, that took some blood, sweat, and tears to get to work. Um, I was coming home from the grocery store one time and there was a flea, not a flea market, a garage sale happening. Mm-hmm. And someone was, they were, they were just selling a, a black and gold samurai sword. I'm like, that's dope. And then I, I thought, wait a second, I'm shooting uh, a show with Pentagon coming up. So why don't I, why don't I use that as a prop? Yeah. Like, is that like, I could, I could ask him to see if he's cool with that. And so bought it for like 20 bucks and got in touch with the promoter. I asked, is he cool with that? And he asked, he asked Pentagon, Pentagon said yes. And so uh, backstage at the show, um, I took a couple of shots at Pentagon and I showed, I, I showed him the sword. And so, and his eyes, like he's, he's in full gear and his eyes, those white eyes just lit up. And I was like, are you cool with that? He goes, go see, see. <laughs> so uh, I was like, okay, okay. So what I did was I brought my lights. I, I was on two lights, wireless. So I could just carry them outside. Mm-hmm. And I, I put them in front of like some uh, garage container. And so I just had him pose with it, you know, a couple of poses. I, sh- I, uh, I showed him a picture of a daredevil cover with Matt Murdock holding a, his cane like up over his head, like a samurai sword. And I was just like, can you do that? And he's like, yeah. And so I had probably 45 seconds with him because a lot right of time. At the end, <laughs> yeah. Right. Right at the end of his match, his music or right at the end of uh, us shooting his music hit, his music hit. And yeah. I was like, Oh geez. Oh geez. Oh geez. And so, but we got the shots. Yeah. And so I, was like thank you so much and i was like so thankful i, I sent him you know the uh, the shots of him and he's been using those like ever since yeah and, and so that's something I'll, I'll hold dear to my heart too absolutely and sometimes like it's funny because as the the person that made the photo uh sometimes you there's certain things that about a photo that like kind of rely on the story uh yeah. that make that that make them so um special to you you know what i mean like like those photos of him with the sword are awesome you know what i mean but like that whole situation like the whole uh you know back and forth of it finding the sword like all those different little things that you experience definitely like 
each of them takes them up a little uh, a little uh, step to being more and more important. Um, you also mentioned earlier when I meant to touch on it, uh, having a spot to do promos as close to the ring entrance as possible. There is yeah. no, uh, you can't, you can't overstate how nice that is when that happens to have an accessible place because sometimes with these, with these buildings and these venues, uh, the only place that you have available to do promos, you have to like lead them down a bunch of dark hallways and it's like yeah. super far out of the way. Um, yeah. Those, those moments though, where somebody's music starts hitting, like as you're still like, oh. you have like one photo left that you want to yeah. take of them. Uh, my, I don't know if I've told the story on here yet. Um, mine like that is a, uh, an orange Cassidy photo and it was at uh, a bar in, in LA and, um, it was like, it was just like a Legion hall. And then there was like, like a strip mall and a liquor store right next to it, like this place. And, um, I really, really, uh, wanted to get this one photo and I was just going to say what it was, but I still want to get it. So I'm not, I, and I've tried to set it up like three or four different times. I'm not going to say it. Uh, Hmm. Because then somebody else is going to take it, and I'm going to be mad about it. Um, but uh, with Orange Cassidy, there was this uh, like taekwondo gym, uh, like right like across the parking lot. Like it was probably like a full you know 50 to 75 yards away. But it was like it had the Olympic rings on the outside of it, like painted on the window. Oh, it had like Olympic sport or something like that. And I just wanted. I just wanted Orange Cassidy with his hands in his pockets or, you know, doing a thumbs up or whatever in front of these Olympic, like these like terribly painted Olympic rings. Like they're not mm-hmm. terribly painted, but they're all peeling off and stuff like that. And so I was like, hey, are you done to do this? He's like, yeah, yeah, cool, whatever. And so like uh, the way the entrance was, you, you had to go outside the building and then you went inside to enter. So we were already outside and he was like, yeah, yeah we got time or whatever. So we like ran over there as soon as we get to where it was. And like I said, this is like, it took 30 seconds to get from the, the entrance ramp to over there. Yeah. Uh, his music starts playing. And so I was like, fuck. And then like, so I, I had my camera and then a flash on it, just like a direct flash and I, the flash won't go. So I'm like, I, I took like two photos that the flash just didn't go off. And like, luckily I'd worked with orange a couple of times and like, he's really like, he knows uh, Zia really well. And that's like one of my really, really good friends in wrestling. So like, I had a little bit of like familiarity leeway. I just wasn't like some random asshole. And so finally, I think I got one, maybe two shots with the flash. And I was just like, you're good, go. And he just like sprinted over to the thing and like went right through the curtain. And it was just like, had an awesome match where he pushed uh, Ricky Reyes through uh, some cake. I think is who it was. That's dope. Yeah, it was a weird, yeah. But like, so, so there's things about that photo that I look at now and I'm like, oh, I wish this would have been different. I wish this would have been a little bit different, but I still love it for what it is. And then also what happened behind it makes it even more of like a, an important photo to me personally. Yeah. It, that, that whole story, it involves uh, communication, which is super key. Like yeah. when, when you start, all this stuff is very intimidating to you because you're new and these are bigger than life people that you've been watching for however long. But after a while, like any other profession, you build that confidence up in right. what you're doing. And especially with this kind of work, you're mixing it up with so many different different people, which means it is vastly important to communicate smoothly and quickly. Right. Because these folks are either on their way to the ring or on their way out of the ring, which means they're tired as frick. And all they want to do is just chill, eat some cookies. Right. And so, like... 
it took a little bit for me to to learn how to approach them and and just ask like hey do you want to do promos before your match or after your match or hey do you have some extra time to do this this side side shoot yeah right now and even just like breaking the ice of that kind of stuff just like getting your intention out of like wanting to photograph this person and and like uh that can be like the the the, the icebreaker, the thing that like really starts off the conversation. Um, yeah, I do the same thing. Like, Oh, Hey, do you want to do this before or after your match or whatever? Mm-hmm. There's just so many working parts on a wrestling show. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to get, okay, well they have to cut a promo before their match. Well, what does the promoter need them to say in the promo to set up? Like whatever is happening at the next show, what's the date of the next show? Where is the next show? Like what, you know what I mean? Like you, you, there's like that old trope of like a rock band being on tour and saying like the wrong city or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you, you think about that with like a pro wrestler and it's like, Yo, some of these people, like, when things are in full swing, they're in L.A. on Thursday night, they're in Texas on Friday, they're in Seattle on Saturday, and New York on Sunday. Like, they're, uh, your brain has got to be scrambled. So then to, like, also remember, like, oh, yeah, this, like, this dude wants to take my photo, too. You kind of got to, like, figure out the best ways to kind of communicate. Like you said, communicate with these people to, like, try and make sure it happens without stepping on anybody's toes or making anybody, like, or being like like pushy or like bossy about it but it's so yeah. funny with photography that like during the show it's kind of the last thing being thought about by a lot of people but then as soon as the show's over and the photos start going up on instagram it's the first thing that like oh sh- i should have gotten promos by this person or portraits or whatever because yeah. then i'd have content for my instagram and for this new shirt that i'm putting out i can put this photo up or whatever um so yeah it, it really does take also like that getting that familiarity and that like that trust with people and like even just people recognizing you and being like oh this dude took took this sick photo of me three months ago like yeah i'll give him a minute and and hopefully i'll have some other cool stuff that i can post on my and that's how you like make these like working relationships with people um and certain people will just start like seeking out like oh are you doing photos tonight and it's like yeah absolutely and that's when it becomes really easy when you have people seeking you out and that are um, familiar with your work and know the quality of it and, and uh, are willing to put more trust in your hands to, to make your vi- vision of like what the image that you have in mind is. Yeah. When you build a solid relationship with certain wrestlers, you, you mesh better, you work better together. Right. Um, like if you see someone after, I don't know, six months or 12 months, and it's it, they remember you remember each other and they think oh my gosh it's so good I can't wait to shoot you with you again and you say like yeah. hey my skills have doubled since last year and so it just it makes you more excited right and uh, there are others though when you plop somebody in front of a camera most times that person will just become somebody different because mm-hmm. they're not that familiar with you um, if there's anything I, I want to do is I don't want them to feel like they've just been put on the spot in front of a camera with a million different lights pointed at them i want them to feel like they're the same person still interacting with me just another dude so that when i take their picture the transition between wrestler and wrestler in front of a camera is seamless they feel like i don't need to change anything i'm still me i don't have to act any differently i want them to know hey you can be whoever you want right now you can go nuts even if you want to because if you do you'll get some badass photos of yourself if you do Dude, one of my one of my favorites of uh, somebody just going nuts was uh, or not like just like somebody being like so in the zone and just being so their character was uh, this like minute I had with Roosh uh, of him just like like he he kept like we I kept 
you know, I kept seeing him just be like, Hey, you know, whatever you're ready, some photos or whatever. And he's like, yeah, 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 I gotcha. I gotcha. Gotcha. And then, uh, he just comes out of the locker room, just dripping wet and just like, like spitting water. And he's like, I'm ready. And he's just like, yeah, just like, this is so rad. Just like, you know, like he can't do a pose that looks bad on a photo. Like I'm just, you know, you're just, you just got to push a button at that point. Um, but yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're totally right in all of that. Um, getting with wrestling, it is, I think a little bit different. So I, I've, I've noticed this after shooting so much wrestling over the past couple of years, and then also doing a lot of my other portrait work and shooting musicians specifically, um, yeah. with wrestlers, they have like, because they have this like character or this persona that they're used to slipping into, whether it be out it, out there or during a video promo, whatever they're used to being, you know, a lot of musicians are used to being in front of a camera and stuff like that as well. But like when you take away the performance aspect of it, they're just a person that is good at playing a thing. So um, I, I, I have noticed after shooting so much wrestling, when I uh, go to shoot a musician, unless it's somebody that has a very like larger than life kind of uh, like I shot some photos of this dude named ghost main, who's like this uh, rapper. He like, uh, well, I don't know if rapper is the right word. I, it's like goth industrial SoundCloud rap. It's sick. I don't know. Whatever okay. it is. Uh, but he like, he like has like kind of like a Marilyn Manson vibe. Like he does like, you know, uh, a contact and like paints his face and has like gear. Basically it's a performance. Like it's a show. So like yeah. shooting somebody like him, it felt very the same where you're shooting kind of a character and you're trying to bring out the details of this character and, and amplify those for the photo. So that's like really what the photo is about is like this persona that they're trying to portray. Yes. Whereas you know, I, I photographed uh, that band every time I die right before like lockdown. And it's just like, they're just aside from Andy, who's a wrestler, they're just dudes from Buffalo that play music. So it's like putting them in front of the camera. They're just like, I, I mean, what do you want me to do? And you're just like, Oh yeah, right. This isn't the, this, this isn't the same as like a Pentagon junior where he's got the skull mask and the face paint and everything like that. And he's like, do it. He's got his poses and stuff. So like, these are just dudes that play music. So um, yeah, with wrestling, you definitely, you're already ahead of the curve as far as like, um, like having something interesting or having somebody that is um, kind of knows what the the persona they're trying to push out to your camera is. No doubt. Like if, in my opinion, if you can shoot wrestling, if you can shoot ringside, if you, if you can shoot promos, mm-hmm. you can pretty much do anything in my opinion, because well, maybe not everything, but it's such a varied skill set. You, you learn so much. Mm-hmm. Like, just ev- there's so many little nooks and crannies that you learn along the way. You feel like, oh, I can shoot. I can do newborn photos. I can, I can shoot live events. I can shoot birthday parties. It's no thing. Right. Yeah. Cause you, you, you get kind of like that event, uh, you know, you're used to shooting in like low light, you're used to shooting people mm-hmm. moving around a lot, all that kind of stuff. And then on the other side of that shooting promos, you're used to shooting with strobes and like a more studio environment and stuff like that. So yeah. it really is a crash course in like kind of a uh, camp with your camera to a certain degree. And then also this like very shortened amount of time that you have with everybody. If you're doing promos. And yeah. Stuff like that. It's yeah. like one big giant pop quiz. And then yeah. when you're actually, when you're actually shooting like a corporate event, you're like, Oh, this is a breeze. Yeah. Uh, There's this, no thing, rush. this thing I just shot yesterday, it was, uh, they call them, they call them five minute photo sessions. And it was, uh, these portraits, uh, of these, um, 
uh, clients of this, this friend of mine's salon. And so they just wanted, uh, she's tr- basically trying to do like a, an interesting portfolio, like a little bit different way. So she hires, uh, she's hired me a couple times now to come and just set up a backdrop and take these like kind of portraits of her clients. Her clients get a cool portrait. She gets something for her, for portfolio or whatever. Um, but like five minutes to me is, is a luxury. And like with, with the way that it's presented, it's like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to have you in and out really quick. Um, and it seems like it would be stressful for the f- photographer. But for me, it's like, I'm like, I'm using three different cameras and like just cycling between them and like doing it all. And I'm done in two and a half minutes. And I still think that I had way more time than I needed because of shooting wrestling. Yeah. Five minutes is a lifetime. It really is. Yeah. I don't even know what to do with a full five minutes at this point. Just but, chat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Hey. Right. Watch right. Game of Thrones. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, okay. So next rapid fire question after 20 minutes, uh, way that a photo of yours was used that blew your mind. What was that? Uh, a way that a photo of yours was used that blew your mind. So like maybe on like a poster, like some advertising oh. or maybe like a certain wrestler or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'll go back to the Pentagon, uh, Katana sword yeah. again, because, um, I, uh, I shot two events for the crash down in Tijuana mm-hmm. and that relationship ended a little rocky. So I just kind of, you know, dwindled away into the darkness. Right. But, uh, Pentagon had that photograph used for the crash, the, the next event. And so it was on a big banner hanging in front of the, uh, auditorio de Tijuana. That's and so, so cool. Josh Garcia sends me a, a picture and he's like, Hey, they used the photo. And I'm just like, hee, 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 I'm still there. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's also, it's been, it's been said to death on here, but there's nothing cooler than seeing one of your photos printed massively. Yeah. Or like distributed and in a huge way. It's like, how do they make it that big? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. That's, that's, beyond cool i've yet i've yet to have any of my stuff get blown up super big like that but i think the the closest was uh uh chuck taylor used a photo of mine for some new japan dates and so he posted he put he posted a photo of him standing next to it like like this and i was like oh is that my photo and i like because i i'd I'd given it to him like uh after i took it i was just like hey man if you need this for any dates or anything like feel free whatever go for it and so i I actually just thought of a second one i'm sorry oh yeah yeah no go for it go for it so all pro wrestling was running out of the cow palace in San Francisco mm-hmm. and Cody Rhodes was headlining in a cage cage match. Right. And so, um, when I was pulling up to the cow palace, um, I was, I was really going into it thinking, okay, it's the cow palace, but I'm just treating it as another show. You have to. Yeah. And so I'm pulling up and I, I look up at the electronic banner and it was all, uh, pictures with the promos that I shot at, at all pro wrestling. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like this is, this is real. This is yeah. actually happening. Um, that was, that was another time where I was just kind of like dumbfounded. I was like, how is this happening? Right. I mean like going back to what we were talking about earlier where it's like, you get so um, tunnel vision on just like, okay, this is the work that I'm making. This is what I can do to improve it. These are the opportunities that I'm looking for. These are the things that I'm trying to do. Um, that you kind of don't see the mark that you're already making. And then it's like you pull up to a world-famous venue um, 
and there's like a match that's been well promoted with a huge star in a cage for the main event and you see all of your stuff scrolling across like think think of like how many like crazy things have scrolled across that thing and it's like your photography is scrolling across like it yeah. helps it, it really like those moments you kind of like step outside of yourself and be like oh wow like i am really doing this thing like this I, i'm making a mark on something that is important to me which is like yeah um i i don't even know how to describe that feeling it's uh but yeah like, that, how, did, how did this how did this come from me doing this with my finger on my shutter right 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 and you kind of realize it, it's come from just putting your head down and, and and i guess to quote cody rhodes doing the work you know what i mean just just uh, improving, um, making those great relationships, making those good contacts, treating people with respect. Like it, it just like, it all kind of conglomerates together, uh, in these opportunities. And then you kind of find yourself into these positions that you're just like, Holy shit, how did this happen? You know? And it's, it's super cool. Um, okay. Back to it. What is a, what was, what was the photo that haunts you that you, that you either missed or it was just, uh, you know, maybe just out of focus or something. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, so I was uh, doing video uh, for a show down in San Diego and Josh Garcia was there mm-hmm. and he's, he's shooting ringside photos and I'm doing video. And one of the matches uh, involved Pentagon. And I, tr- I keep my distance from the, from the guys when they're brawling outside the yeah. ring. So there, it was a tag team match, and any tag team match involving Pentagon and Phoenix is—you <laughs> have no idea where that's going to go. It's it's chaos, yeah, and chaos beyond words. And so I'm having fun though, but I'm just kind of ta- I'm trying to like make one eye go this way, one eye go that way, right? And so I'm on the I'm hugging the corner that Pentagon is coming around with his opponent, okay, and. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to hug the corner so that he goes behind me. Mm-hmm. And so I hug the corner and I see him start going behind me and I see him going back where he was coming from. I was like, okay, he's going back. So I start backpedaling so I could go, okay, he's going to round the corner in front of me this time. As soon as I start backpedaling, he makes his way around the corner again, and we just full-on bump into each other during a match, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I'm telling you, my heart stopped for like a second. Yeah. And, and I'm just like having – I'm having palpitations. I'm just like, oh, shit. Yeah. And so, and so I bump into him, and we lock eyes, and I just kind of like uh, scuttle away. And I could tell he's looking at me when I'm walking away. And so I just kind of go to the opposite corner and just hang my head down going, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And then Josh Garcia taps me on the shoulder and he points he goes, Hey, look, and I look and he's still Pentagon is still looking at me with those white eyes. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so done. And so I didn't know this. Josh snapped a photo of right after I bumped into him and he, and he sent it to me and I'm looking at it right now here. Let me show it to you. Uh, I don't know if you can see it. Can you see it? Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. He's just mean mugging. He's super just hard. Death, and you're in the foreground. Stare. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so that that's something every t- it's like thinking of a paper cut. It's just yeah. I can't I can't I'm I'm getting it off my screen. That's a photo that literally haunts you. Yeah, that's it does. really funny. Uh, that's like not. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, man. Like I I'm sure part of it was him just playing up the oh the, big time big time yeah 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 because he like like I've never had an experience where you know, sometimes you're just, you're trying to get out of the way and you just can't like, it's just the way it yeah. is like because of how stuff's set up or because of where you're at and you think somebody's going to go one way. It's that thing where you're walking down the street with somebody like at an opposite thing and you do that thing where you dance back and forth, but yeah. you're like, obviously this is a different situation, but sometimes it just happens. Uh, my favorite is like, um, you're, you're, you're right with, with Phoenix and Pentagon, like, cause you have, you have Pentagon brawling with people all over the place, throwing them into shit, hitting them with stuff or whatever. And then you have, phoenix flipping and flying all over the ring yeah. inside outside whatever it's hard to keep track of, of of both of them for sure they're a blast to work with but yeah yeah definitely um can be tricky uh my favorite uh person that i get in the way of very frequently i'm not very frequently that makes it sound like i do it on purpose um uh, i'm not i'm not out there uh specifically getting hit to take bumps or anything like that um no, but like I'll be ringside and it's this one venue for AAW that like it just has a horseshoe around it and then it butts. So like the ring is basically pushed up against a stage. So the people okay. come out on the stage then just go right into the ring and it's basically level. But when you're yeah. ringside, it's just a horseshoe and there's no out. Like there's no exit from there. So if you get trapped against the stage, like if they're going over to that area, you just like screwed. You just have to like make yourself small and like hope that nothing happens. But so yeah. Eddie Kingston... Uh, whenever he's trying to throw somebody the way that I am, which doesn't happen a lot, but I work with Eddie quite a bit. So it's happened multiple occasions. He'll just scream. He'll just go, get the fuck out of the way. And then like, it's perfect though. Cause it's within character. It's totally within the moment of the fucking thing. Like, yeah. I mean, you watch like these like old, like all Japan matches and stuff like that. And you have like, you know, clearing all these like crowds of photographers out of the way and stuff like that. It adds to the visual of the experience. Like you it's a either... spectacle. Right, right, right. And I'm, I'm sure it's the same thing that was happening with that Pentagon moment. And it definitely doesn't, it definitely doesn't take away that sinking feeling of just dying inside while it's happening to you or anything like that. But I'm sure like he, he was probably like, okay, well I bumped into this guy and I'm like this demon ninja yeah. that wants to murder everybody. So I'm going to mean mug this guy. So it's like those little details, you know what I mean? That's like, it all works into the story of it and it kind of blurs the line between like what's really happening and what's like kind of the, the predetermined thing to happen or whatever. Uh, yeah, it, would, it would have been even worse. It would have been worse if Pentagon would be like, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, pardon me. And then we just shake hands, we bow, we hug. Right, you know? right. But instead, anyone that's paying attention to what Pentagon's doing on the outside of the ring watches you guys knock into each other and then watches this guy just like stare down like he wants to murder the video guy for bumping into him. And then that yeah. makes him be like, yo, don't fuck with Pentagon. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he will, uh, meanwhile, backstage, he's probably like, oh, buddy, don't worry about it. Like, not a big deal, you know? Or like, just completely forgot about it and never will think about it again. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really funny. What a moment. What a moment. And thank God Josh was able to uh, capture that forever. Uh, oh, man. Thanks, so Josh. Can, yeah, so you can, just, <laughs> you can just live with that forever. You'll never be able to forget it. Um, all right, and then last one, experience that you've had because of, because of pro wrestling uh, that you maybe wouldn't have had, that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Uh, so maybe like that Kyle Palace experience might be one of them or something like that. Um, probably shooting with Rey Mysterio. Um, yeah. That's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, 
it was at the at the cow palace actually and um that's something i was really working up towards at the end of the show because i was also not only was i doing promo pics i was also doing ringside video highlights mm -hmm. so i was i was doing double duty that night so ray was very late to the show he almost didn't make it to the show but you know he makes the sh he makes it there he he does his thing shows over everybody's happy everyone's hugging shaking hands like oh my gosh we just we just worked the cow palace yeah and i'm standing there uh kind of you know tapping my foot you know just picking my moment of when to introduce myself to ray mysterio ray right. mysterio junior and so and so i saw an opening and i just i said hello mr Myster I, I called him Mr. Mysterio. <laughs> it could it would have been better if you called him Mr. Mysterio Jr. That would have been <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Jr. I say, Mr. Mysterio, uh, do you have a quick minute for promo picks? And he says, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And so when we walked to my backdrop, which was just right there, mm -hmm. everybody shut up. The entire backstage just shut up. And so I just got you know, three or four shots of him. And I said, thank you so much. And he said, thank you. And then everybody just went on about their business. I was, yeah. like, I was like, how is this possible? How am I here doing what I'm doing right now? I never would have thought I'd be watching him as a kid, wrestle Eddie Guerrero on WCW to shaking his hand and later on giving him my business card at the end of the night. Right. So that's, that's a moment um, that just, it still feels like a dream. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's definitely like a, a real like full circle thing. You know what I mean? Cause like you, you think about yeah. like why you're even interested in wrestling, you know, watching this stuff when you were younger and stuff like that, which fostered your, your interest. And then, you know, all of the things that led you to where you are now. And then it's led you to backstage at a world famous venue, uh, taking photos of somebody that is like a larger than life living legend in, in something that you are passionate about. And it's just like, you know, in that moment, you're, you're th all you're thinking is, okay, I can't miss the opportunity to shoot Ray Mysterio Jr. Because like, when is that ever going to happen again? You know, and maybe it will, you maybe you get lucky and you might be on another show with him or something like that. But like, chances are that's probably going to be your one and only shot to shoot Ray Mysterio. So it's like, you know, you, you, you be respectful and you, you wait until the right moment and everything like that. But like, you still got to like muster up that courage to like go up and be like, Hey man, can, can we do this thing real quick? Um, and what I've noticed is a lot of like the, the legends, like the, the people that have been doing it forever are the ones that are quickest to just be like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Whatever you need. And like, you know, go do, go do everything that you're, um, that you kind of need done or whatever. Uh, so it's like awesome that you had that experience. Like I said, like what a cool full circle kind of thing, this person that you were a fan of growing up. And then now, uh, you know, after making all these goals, doing all this research, fucking um, learning this craft and this trade, you're now put in a position where you can now make a cool photo of somebody that you've like looked up to, to whatever degree for uh, a period of your life. Exactly. It's been, it's been quite the journey and I, I couldn't be more happy with it. I feel it, man. I feel it. I think that's such an awesome place to end this episode. Uh, we didn't talk about 
legitimately the majority of your of your wrestling photography career so we're gonna have to have you back on at a different point uh, otherwise it's gonna i'd be, be happy like to two hour episode um which i'm not gonna put anybody through listening to me for two hours uh but yeah tell us uh where we can find you online mark you can find me on instagram at mj underscore cinema but you can also find me on instagram at luchatographer excellent uh, if you're not already following mark definitely do that thanks for joining me man this is a great conversation Thanks for having me, man. Like, I can't, I can't stress enough how awesome this podcast has been so far. Keep doing it. Don't stop doing it. Uh, I'll stop. I'll, I'll probably stop at some point because I'll run out of people to talk to. But until that point, I'm looking forward to talking to, you know, because like there's been there's a ton of us that are doing this and it's awesome. But there's still a finite amount of people that are, that are doing it. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I plan on keep doing it. Honestly, I just I wanted a place that I could have conversations with. Uh, a bunch of these people that I've met and people that I haven't met or people that I've met just briefly through the internet and stuff like that um, about photography and, and what we're doing because uh, as much as we kind of co-collaborate on shows and stuff like that, we're also kind of our, on our own little islands and stuff like that. And even conversations with somebody like Zia who I've known since I literally started doing wrestling photography, uh, there were parts about her like kind of origin story, I guess, if you want to call it, that I had no idea about. So um, you know, you don't usually just sit down and be like, all right, man, we're going to, we're going to dig into how you got into this and, uh, you know, what led you all these different steps and what your thought process is on photography. You know, we might kind of be like, oh, this is really cool. That you did this. Oh yeah. I had this really cool opportunity, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I did this or I used this or whatever, which is great. You get these kind of like little snippets of, of, uh, that conversation, but to just like sit down and just like talk about it for an extended period of time. Uh, it's been super rewarding and I've, I've gotten closer to certain friends and, and made better friends with others. So, uh, it'll keep going. I appreciate, I appreciate the kind words though, man. Yeah. I think in 12 months it's going, this, this podcast is going to be a powerhouse, dude. No bullshit. Hopefully I don't run out of guests by then. (laughs) I doubt it. We'll talk to you soon, Mark.